mother says he was a normal happy boy until he became obsessed with black metal music. Rock and roll! Sounds like Christian Rick. Heavy metal music. Groups promote satanic worship. They're anti-peace and anti-life. So that's actually not the first Dead Swan I've seen this week. Oh my god! <laughs> I was out for a cycle on Monday. Right. And I crossed over a bridge and I saw this this council worker. Now you know how there's there's like a Kicking truck. a swan to death. <laughs> a council worker was a swan. I was like, how did he get this job? <laughs> hey, in this economy, you know. <laughs> Those swans taking our fucking jobs. He's on the phone. Yeah, I right. look at him and I look down and at his feet. At his feet is just a dead swan on the bridge, like in the middle of it. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. And I guess he didn't know what to do, because like what do you do with a dead swan? Give it to the queen, I think. Oh, does she like want that? it? Well, <laughs> just sitting on a pile of them every night. So that was my fairly harrowing day today, where I finished my Jesus work. Christ. And well. immediately watched a beautiful animal die horribly. It seems like bad omens. I know, I should stress that I'm not laughing because the swans are dead. I'm laughing that this is how we've chosen to start season two. Oh yeah. <laughs> some <laughs> sort of anecdote of things to come. Swan. <laughs> I also Oh god, what other dead animals have you seen? Oh, it's just a rat. Tom's seen it. That's another photo. <laughs> cool. I like that. It's still there. Alright guys, welcome back to the Metal Face Podcast. Season two. Season two. Season two. Season or as we like to call it two. Episode thirteen. Because frankly, formatting seasons on Spotify is just not something we're gonna start doing. So episode thirteen. Episode thirteen. Episode thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> and this week Luckiest number. It is. It's the it's the most metal number. So this mm. obviously is going to be the <laughs> the best show that we ever do. Until we reach six hundred and sixty six episodes. <laughs> You've got a long time for that one. How old will we be? We'll be old. 666 weeks time. Josh, you're the maths guy. That's, like at, That's least at least 10 years. 10 years. It's got to be good. at We're least. We're as good as each other. <laughs> <laughs> at least five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we're talking about Black Sabbath's first album, A Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Disturbed's album, Indestructible. Ooh. And we're talking about Ailstorm with Sunset on the Golden Age. Yeah. Joining me, as always, we have... Ben and Josh, say hello, guys. Hello, guys. Hey, hello, guys. you got it in there. <laughs> we haven't got any better during our break, have yeah, we? That's, uh, <laughs> we've taken a bit of time off. We've really practiced, uh, you know. Honed our art. We've honed our skill. That's what I was trying. You know, as I was saying, we've really practiced our skill. I forgot what I was saying halfway through, so we can't have got that much better. If anything, that's that's a net negative. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't that good to begin with, so maybe it isn't necessarily a negative. It could just be like a kind of staying the same. It's just a, a different version of zero. <laughs> we're scraping yeah. the bottom of the barrel constantly. <laughs> yeah, it's like exactly before we were like zero type A, now we're zero type B. Uh, so Josh, how have you been? Uh, I've been pretty good. I've been busy. I've been doing lots. I've been learning Spanish. You're learning Spanish. Oh, yeah, the old Espanola. Espanol. Did you do that so you could understand Brugera's lyrics? Believe it or not, it was not so I could understand Brugera's lyrics. <laughs> it was primarily, primarily to for my um, PhD, which I'm studying, which is involving um, uh, South America or Latin America, oh, yeah. I suppose, okay. rather. So Ben, have you been having just as much of an intellectual time? I was day drinking on Sunday. An intellectual pursuit for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where did you go? Where did you get up to? Uh, you know, just around Bristol. Went to be Apple. Oh yeah, what the big cider boat? Yeah, I got some cider. Yeah, I love it, nice. cider. You guys have a side of boat. Oh, yeah. yeah. A boat. It's I'm Bristol, jealous. mate. Imbibe the culture. <laughs> I've been imbibing the culture for years. Dirt lush. <laughs> and then I uh, went to our usual haunt, the uh, Mother's Ruin. Oh, yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And how was that? Uh, it was great. Yeah. I love it's it. a great, yeah. It's a great venue. The thing with great pub. day drinking is I find that it's some of the most fun you can have, but then it just completely ruins the rest of your day and probably the day after. Oh, oh so, yeah. I gotta say, I'm... I'm not even really a fan of day drinking. Yeah, you just like going out when it's dark, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a creature <laughs> of the night. Honestly, to be honest, like, honestly, to be honest, honestly, if I go out and I start drinking during the early evening, it's always nice the first couple of pints, but if it's still early evening, it's not dark, and you're on pint three or four, you feel terrible, and then as soon as the night comes, you almost sober up a little bit, and you're like, hey, I can, I can, I can reset a little bit, I can have more. Four pints in the day is a lot more drunk than four pints at night. Are English people the only people who have such a <laughs> complex mathematical system for the best way to drink a lot of pints? <laughs> Well, we sit in this perfect middle ground between, like, countries that don't drink, right, or that are polite societies, essentially, and countries that are where everyone's just completely loaded all the time, and they don't need to say it anymore. I We're think, kind of in that mm, state of where it's just like, 
we're still talking about how we drink. I think we're just the only ones who yeah. always are constantly talking about it. We just, <laughs> we have we're just like too interested in it. The highest alcohol consumption per capita in Europe or something. Like it's it's pretty it's pretty extreme. Fucking hell. Fuck yeah. Well, like, maybe not the highest, like, we're, like, top five. <laughs> Wait, hold a minute. This is, and, 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 and Russia and Poland are in Europe, and yet uh, somehow we have a higher drinking rate? I'm That's terrible. Right now, because I could be completely full of shit. I don't, I don't want to spread misinfo. Or is it fucking awesome? All right, list of countries by alcohol consumption. Wait, let us guess. Start, can we start, like, on, like, five? Number five. Lithuania. No. Is this Europe well, or world? This is the world, actually. But it's mostly European countries, yeah. so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't you tell us what number five is, and we'll see if we can work upwards from there. All right. Number five oh, is Germany. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well yeah, done, no, I believe that. I want to say... Right. I feel like, and this is purely based on stereotypes and people that I've met <laughs> that confirm these stereotypes, I feel like I want to say Russia is, is, is in the top four. Nope. Russia's not in the top four. Wow. Wow, okay. Uh, Finland, I would say. That's that's my next go-to. Also, no. Oh, right, okay, yeah. I feel like we're, we're coming at this wrong, because I feel like they might have like a little bit of neat vodka, you know, during the day, mm, but yeah. we've got to think like binge drinkers. I think we're just, we're scared of how they drink. Because Number four yeah. is really surprising. You guys, I don't think we'll guess it. Oh, go on then. The Vatican we... City. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is, actually, because I've only got like seven people. Drink one bottle of wine and they're at the top. It's the yeah. Seychelles. Oh, really? No way. That's cool. Did you know that the Seychelles is like it has like some of the most pirate history out of anywhere in the world? There's like whole really? caves and stuff that are covered in like pirate graffiti and things, and like pirate yeah. graveyards and things. Yeah, that's fascinating. I didn't know that at all. Maybe that explains some of the drinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so we got we got top three. We got top three. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say there's some country in Africa. No. No. The top three are all European. Oh right. Okay. Poland. We haven't said Poland, have we? No, we haven't said Poland yet. Poland isn't in there. But a country that used to be joined Damn. Poland politically is Czechoslovakia. I don't fucking know history, Josh. <laughs> this is country that used to be joined to Poland. Poli- the thing is, my history is all out of whack because I'm like, right, I've got a general knowledge of the Second World War up to about key stage three. <laughs> I've got like medieval history. Hello, give us number three. Number three is the Czech Republic. Uh, okay, I said, said Czechoslovakia. Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, I kind of feel like it's not going to be Sweden or Norway. As much as I have a reputation, I feel like in reality. I think that their alcohol prices are really high and they don't actually get on it. I don't see any of the Scandic countries in, in, in the high ones. Is it like... Okay, so they're all European. Let's see. Or one was joined with Poland. Um, Moldova. Moldova is number one. Hey! Hey! <laughs> thank fuck we got one. But Moldova wasn't joined with Poland. Well, given that we started this conversation with you saying that we drank the most per capita, I, I feel like, is it like Scotland or something? No, I'm completely full of shit. It's Lithuania is number two. Oh. I said Lithuania. Well, I <laughs> oh, guess yeah, that's for five. Yes, but Josh is on some hardcore lag today, so... I'm sorry. Damn. Number six is Nigeria. Mm. Number seven is Ireland. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and then... That's, can we go through eight, nine, and ten as well? Yeah, eight is Luxembourg, nine is Latvia, and ten is Bulgaria. Damn. The UK... Well, I guess English people are just fucking liars then. Yeah, it's, it's, the UK is all the way down at number 24. That is shameful. We Although need... 24th is not a bad place to be, is it, guys? Yeah, all right, I see what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to stop referencing that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Because uh, we were 24th in Norway. Except the number changes every time we tell the story. What? So, have you guys been drinking in the rain yet? Because I feel like that's a very English thing to have done. Now that we're oh. only allowed outside and no one's allowed indoors anymore. Yeah, all the bars near me have these like big patio heaters now. So you just have to like oh, find one and like hide near it and you're kind of alright. I feel like a lot of the bars <laughs> in Bristol basically just have like folding chairs outside like in the street. Yeah, literally. And you just have to sit just in the under a little umbrella kind of thing. Oh, you've got umbrellas of you? Fancy. Ooh, fuck you. <laughs> but what, mate? There's so many people, it kind of warms it. It's like, it's like the penguins and they huddle in Antarctica. This seems like the other. complete opposite of what we should be doing during a pandemic. Heat, huddling around a heater in the damp. But Yeah. You know. <laughs> I, th- I think damp's actually quite good because because humid environments are less conducive to COVID spreading. It's dry, really. Dry, yeah, humid and warm. It has been quite humid recently. Humid and warm is bad. Cold and dry is good for COVID. So co- cold and dry is bad for humans, and warm and wet is good for humans. Yeah. Well, did you know if you go back to um, you know the concept of the humors that there's um, that people's properties are either um, warm, cold, dry, or wet. And witches were believed to be warm and wet, which is why horseshoes are good luck, because they repel witches, because they're cold and dry. So, there's a little bit of uh, pandemic knowledge for you there. Question about very that. tangentially related. <laughs> yeah. 
how, how can a thing which spends almost all of its time in mud be cold and dry? Well, it's not. Well, you know, I mean, when it's in use, it's obviously cold and wet. I suppose. Josh, the way you asked that, I felt like you were giving me a riddle, and if I answered it, you'd give me like a how can chest a thing treasure <laughs> that is cold and wet not be, be dry? Warm and dry. Hmm? <laughs> Answer my riddles free, and we can talk. Maybe about it's hung up outside friend. your door. A witch can't go too near it. Oh, this witch hate needs to end. Yeah, I know. Sexy witches. I want to see more of them. Speaking of witches, our first album this week. Speaking of witches, which album is first this week? <laughs> That's good. Uh, you hurt me. First this week, we are talking about Black Sabbath with their album, Black Sabbath. <laughs> Okay, so I'm just going to come out and say it. It needs to be said. Black Sabbath are the first heavy metal band to exist. What? Yeah. Well, I'm sick of all the debate. Ben, do you remember when we were at that barbecue recently and your um, <laughs> your housemate started telling us the history of metal? <laughs> in I don't know that... that. <laughs> <laughs> Black Sabbath pioneered and shaped the genre overall. And I think you can see the roots of so many future genres within their early work. You got black metal, doom metal, stoner, grunge. I think so much music that would come came from Black Sabbath. You can always draw a thread all the way back, you know, whether it's like the image of black metal, like oh, yeah. the sound of doom metal. And I think simultaneously, one of my favourite things about Sabbath is seeing how much they took from the music of the Summer of Love and what just came before them and took yeah. it in that, that darker and, and disturbing, creepy direction. Well, it's, I mean, they come out of that same era. Like, that's kind of what the music sounds like at that point in, like, popular music. But, you know, a city like Birmingham has quite a different story to tell than something like San Francisco, you know? Well, exactly. And that's exactly what they've said about forming the band, which was formed in 1968 in Birmingham, as you say, by Tony Iommi on guitar, Bill Ward on drums, Geezer Butler on bass, and, of course, the Prince of Darkness himself, Ozzy Osbourne, vocals. There's so much you could say about Sabbath, and there's so many stories that you could tell, and I'm certain that we'll be revisiting the band again in the future. So I'll keep it short today and just say the album we're discussing is their self-titled Black Sabbath. It's the band's debut studio album released in 1970. Mm. So... Let's talk about Black Sabbath. What a start to a career. And Black Sabbath has such a strong kind of um, legend around them as well. You know, the story goes, as Tony Iommi and various documentaries tell it, Tony Iommi was working in a steel cutting factory and was going to be going on tour like pretty soon. And he, uh, it was his last day and he didn't have much to do, so he ended up on this machine he hadn't worked on before, basically pushing these sheets of steel through to get cut. So a yeah, big yeah. thing comes down clamps the steel and cuts it and he hadn't used it before seems safe and he slid his hands through and the machine comes down and cut off the end of two of his fingers and one hand and he's about to go on tour the next day so the only thing they can think of to do is to he melted down bottle caps over the ends of his fingers so that he could still apply some force when he was playing guitar they realized that like it still was hurting so Mm. essentially what they did is down tune the guitar and obviously you play a down tuned guitar in a sort of bluesy psychedelic style you get essentially what Black Sabbath came out with. Something sounds pretty moody and atmospheric. And there's so many myths about Black Sabbath, right? So yeah. the other one I've heard is that Geezer Butler had some sort of esoteric texts in his flat and he'd painted it all black, upside down crosses on the wall, that sort of thing, yeah. you know, classic. As, as you yeah. do. Um, but it wasn't classic when they were doing it. It was new. No, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The pioneers. But then one night when he was asleep, he basically experienced sleep paralysis, which mm. for anyone who's mm. experienced it, you know how terrifying it is. You can't move. It's like innately terror. Like it triggers a part of the brain that's all about dread. The terror center. I, it just yeah, goes off. for real. <laughs> and he saw, he saw a dark figure looming over him in his room. Um, and apparently that inspired the lyrics to the song Black Sabbath. Yeah. So oh, wow. all these elements coming together. And I mean, I, I had sleep paralysis uh, a few years ago and um, it, it was fucking terrifying as it should be and saw like a hooded figure in my room which was mm. the weirdest part of it was was i woke up and i thought okay this is weird can't move and then i thought hey this is sleep paralysis isn't it i've heard about this and my brain's sort of starting to work and then i'm thinking there's going to be something at the end of my bed if i look oh no and i look oh slowly oh, no. turn my head as like as much as i could in this state nothing at the end of my bed but then as i pan around as it were to the corner of my room there is absolutely without doubt uh, like a uh, a figure in a black cloak and like a pointed hood just like standing like crouched in my room oh yeah fucking oh, terrifying yeah god and i turned the, i sat with the light on for the rest of the night <laughs> oh shit man god i've ha- i've had sleep paralysis several times and yeah it is the it's fucking terrifying and it's, it's mm. where you get those stories like demons sitting on people's chests and stuff isn't it because you so often see a uh absolutely a hooded yeah. or 
Yeah. Henry Fuselli's painting, The Nightmare, yeah. Mm. Is that a famous one? Crouch on the chest. With the big creature on the guy's chest, yeah? Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. horse looking through the, uh, through the curtain. So weird. <laughs> I have never had sleep paralysis, um, which I'm quite grateful for. Having you can induce it if you, if you are interested. You know? I'm, I'm good, actually, mm. I'm good. Um, I thought we sold it. <laughs> so sleeping on your back is one of the key ways that you get sleep paralysis. Like, it's something about if you sleep in the wrong position on your back, like, that is kind of possible to happen. Since that happened to me, I haven't stepped on my back since then. Like, oh, really? Kind of ever. <laughs> yeah, See, for real. Whenever I sleep on my back, I feel like I'm falling and freak out and, like, flip around and stuff. So. <laughs> sleep face podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Black Sabbath, how much of you guys listened to Black Sabbath before this week? I'll start with Josh. Shamefully, I've listened to very little. Have I come into the things right? I know a few of the tracks. Like, I know, like, you know, Paranoid and Iron Man and maybe, like, Solitude. Kind the of big thing. ones. They've been in the back of my mind. Yeah, the big ones, you know. But I never really drilled down and like actually spent time with them. And I regret that now after this album because it was really good. I always find myself surprised. I think I mentioned this in, in season one by these classic metal bands because I, I always for some reason assume I won't like them, and then I get into them, and they're obviously you know they're classic for a reason, you know. And that was very yeah, fun experience yeah. with Black Sabbath. It's a good feeling when you realise that they have this reputation and, and they deserve it. <laughs> it still holds Absolutely. up today, you know? So how about you, Tom? How much Black Sabbath have you listened to? Well, it's funny. I mean, like, sort of my instinctive reaction is, like, less than I would like to have listened to. But then I go through the discography and I think, like, I know so many of these albums so well. I mean, like... You know, uh, Sabotage, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, Paranoid. <laughs> like, I own all those albums and I've listened to them an absolute ton. They were some of my really early listening when I was sort of like 16 or so. It's just, yeah, really. It's just absolutely classic. I mean, it was like, I always remember kind of early on making that distinction of like, all right, I like this stuff like System of Down and Slipknot and things. Black Sabbath falls into the same category because I sort of was aware that it didn't and been told that it did. But then you put them on and it takes you into a totally different like zone. Yeah. And yeah, it was definitely. always a thing of like, um, I don't know, making a distinction between like something that was like a classic sound and something that was like a new sound kind of stretched my definition of metal all the way from like the very beginning to like what I was like was current at the time, you know. But I, I've got to say like, I think Hole in the Sky by Black Sabbath on Sabotage might be one of the most underrated metal songs like ever. I just think it's fucking amazing and as soon as i started a band when i was in school it was the first song i wanted to cover nice and for some reason like phil i know no one even knows it i gotta say i don't know it i don't know either yeah but yeah this is a, i mean this is a great album it's like um it starts out so strong with black sabbath it's just it's, it's the it's the yeah. epitome of the genre isn't it the rain <laughs> just... at the start the like the yeah. album cover the creepy lady uh, i actually I found the intro song really interesting because it had, like, a lot of different stuff going on. Like, it was much more bluesy than I kind of associate metal with being normal. Very, yeah. 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 And, like, I normally I normally kind of feel like, like, even when there is blues in metal, it's kind of constrained to the instruments. But Ozzy really mm. gives it the, mm. like, kind of, you know, like, the screamy, bluesy vocals in it. Which mm. caught me a bit off guard, and I thought it was really cool. Definitely, and I think um, that's something that kind of... He has a really unique voice, and you don't see it in many bands. <laughs> he has a pretty but... odd voice, doesn't he? Odd. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's One of a kind. A weird voice, yeah. But I, I think that you do see it in Mastodon, actually. From about The Hunter onward, mm, I think Brent Hines yeah, actually right, kind yeah. of sounds like Ozzy. He's, yeah. almost, he's almost kind of doing Ozzy at points, you know? Yeah, because yeah, he, he has quite like a blues-influenced style, and I think he Absolutely, has a, yeah. a blues band i think on the side so oh really that sounds oh, familiar yeah. that'd be cool to check out was he releasing that the blue stuff around the time and he was like i fucking hate heavy metal <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking about that the other day that made me laugh man. oh god but um, i mean like to, to to go back to that opener it's like it starts at this kind of really slow as you say kind of bluesy thing and then you just get that moment when like everything comes in at once, like the drums, the bass, the guitar. Yeah, feels like a real a real moment, doesn't it? It's like you're here now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like here it comes. Yeah. Every metal's coming, and then it's like whoosh, mm. <laughs> like the genre begins, you know. Oh, and yeah. obviously, you know, chronologically, I, I'm sure it didn't happen like that, but it feels like that because the album is so legendary now. Mm. It's kind of the birth, isn't it? It's, it's like the watershed moment, you know. Yeah, the, the arc yeah, has opened. Sure. Your face is melting. And honestly, in the context this came out, like, can you imagine just yeah, put it, buying this in a record shop and putting it on, or you know what it is, and then Black Sound comes that, on. And that's, My God. No, you're totally right. And that's what I think. I know people can argue about what the first heavy metal band was or the first heavy metal track or whatever, but mm. it just feels like such a complete album. And 
it's such a well-formed concept that they've got because you can yeah. hear other bands and be like oh that riff is quite metal or that song was quite metal yeah. but I feel like this album was just like it's all here you know like you can then mm, take every other mm. band and be like oh yeah take that bit take that bit leave that bit you know and now you've got the next band that came after them and it just it's all that's here so true. All that's so that's such a good point because when you listen to this like i don't know if you guys felt this but like i could hear about 20 other bands that oh came yeah, out yeah. Of these guys. oh yeah <laughs> the entire stoner rock genre and you can hear like genres that like don't even show up for years you know absolutely it's fascinating it's like it's like it's like the root you know it's like it's like the root tree and everything else is branched out, you know? Mm. It is. I mean, it feels like that. It's kind of, um, as we were saying on when we covered uh, Wolf People, is that, like, that album was, like, taking all the psychedelic stuff and putting it in, in one. Whereas before, you might have had, like, Led Zeppelin have a few psychedelic songs, but some of their stuff isn't that at all. Yeah. It's almost like Black Sabbath is, like... It's like they've done that in reverse. They've kind of made a whole album of, like, stuff that is really... And it is proto-metal, Essentially, I think, you know, yeah. but it's, it all is like the origins of like everything is going to flow from that. And there's a couple of um, covers on the album. Um, Evil Woman, originally I by didn't Crow. didn't know that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So Evil Woman was originally by Crow and Warning was originally oh, really? by the Ainsley Dunbar Retaliation. They're both very blues and rock and roll um, originally. That's interesting because Warning just sounds like a, a full on jam session to me. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, the original does as well. But the, the amazing thing about listening to the original uh, like I say, by the Ainsley Dunbar Retaliation. What a name. Um, I know. <laughs> I tried Brilliant. to find out what that Some was about, bands, but I, I couldn't. Yeah. Um, Ainsley so, Dunbar's had enough. I think so. I think, <laughs> yeah. So listening to their version and then listening to Sabbath's version, it's so amazing how they've like taken quite clean like rock and roll and then just down-tuned it, made it a lot darker, put a load of distortion on the guitars, got Ozzy like, doing kind of a bluesy thing, but kind of wailing in a, like, a pained way. And it's got everything from like really psychedelic stuff where it almost sounds just like Hendrix, kind of mm. just like blasting away, all the way to the kind of like the mouth organ and the like the, uh, yeah. the, the mouth so organ cool. on the wizard and like the lyrics of that song it it just feels like it's from such a different era but it's like an era that you can relate to because so much of our culture has grown out of not only that period of time but then obviously this kind of music mm, for sure one of my um favorite things about this is is the different influences and i love the kind of it feels very english and i feel like i'm in like a it does yeah. a pub in the woods and the mist is starting to yeah. roll in mm. and you're like mm. oh time to go home one more yeah. swig of ale <laughs> <laughs> well it like it feels like yeah it feels like walking through the countryside on a misty night but it's like sinister that yeah. sinister feeling you sometimes get and i think yeah it does it does feel slightly like and fairy tale is not the word well it's kind it's of like, like alice in wonderland isn't it you kind of feel like you're being pulled into this folklore world yeah. but it's quite unnerving and there's a sense of sinister dark violence to this like otherwise beautiful place but then like behind the wall yeah, of sleep it, it's, is quite it's like uncanny isn't it? and uh, uncanny is a good word there's it's even when it is at a point where it's like flying along at a really kind of upbeat and like fun pace there's something that's kind of like something's not right man this is this is weird Something strange <laughs> is happening here. I'll go along with this, but I don't know where it's going. I think uncanny is like the perfect way to describe it, Josh. Cheers. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, it's a good word, isn't it? But like, it really, it's hard to kind of sum it up in another way. It's just yeah. this, it's, it's, you look at a blues song, but it's a bit wrong, you know? It's like, yeah. it's not quite right. <laughs> One last thing I'll say about the sound um, that I, I love is the, the fact that it's basically just four guys playing music with their instruments you know i, yeah, I think yeah. um unpretentious just solid yeah they, they achieve the atmosphere through the music and while the music is quite like s deceptively simple in its like composition it's actually they achieve so much with relatively little really you know there are bands these days that have such like huge computerized effects and stuff yeah. and they still yeah. don't achieve the same level of uncanny fear that yeah. sabbath achieve with just Four instruments and a, and a mouth organ. <laughs> I think it's like you can play all of this in a room, if you know what I mean. Yes. Like, all you need is a, a basic kind of amp, right? Yeah. It's, whereas, like, we talked in the past about, like, Toxic Holocaust, they're using the sound of the recording. They're always touching, like, the DNA of the sound itself. Yeah. And they're kind of referencing that. And I haven't got, you know, that was... That, oh, yeah. No, that's brilliant. Yeah, but, and like, it's a great evolution is... of things. But this is so stripped back. Absolutely, yeah. It's like you can just... You can play this as in, like, you can put it on, but... In theory, one could play this if you had a, a guitar. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's yeah, it's very I mean. accessible yeah. in that sense. So, so it sounds like we already enjoyed the album, but I'm wondering, were there any tracks that really stood out to you, Tom? I mean, 
this this album, man, it's like it's it's weird because I love it, but it's definitely not my favorite Sabbath album. Um, I don't know what my favorite Sabbath album is. Probably Sabotage. <laughs> maybe maybe Sabbath. Probably there's there's quite a few I could pick. But not um, the question I asked. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think if I had to pick a favorite track, it's pretty easy. It's, it's Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath, you know. Yeah. And there are other tracks I like on this: Evil Woman, The Wizard, but Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath on the album Black, Black Sabbath. Sabbath. Yep. Josh, what was your favorite Black Sabbath track from the album Black Sabbath? My favorite track for Black Sabbath from the album Black Sabbath was yeah, Black the... Sabbath from the album Black Sabbath. No, 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 it was it, Black it, Sabbath. It, no, it was the Wizard from the album Black Sabbath by the band Black Sabbath. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused. <laughs> the Wizard by the album The Wizard. On the... <laughs> it was the Wizard. <laughs> the Wizard is a damn good track, actually. The that, Wizard, that oh, yeah, be really a close like second really for like me. That. The fucking drums on this album, man, so it just cool. crashes and crashes yeah. along. What about you, Ben? NIB. It's got to be my favorite track. I love the way it yep. breaks into that. Yeah. I love the really chunky bass guitar solo at the beginning. And yeah. when the guitar cuts in, I just start getting goosebumps. And as soon as Ozzy yeah. just goes, oh, yeah, I just, I'm lost. The drums just, like, fly all the way, all around your head in that mm. song, don't they? They're just, they're everywhere. And, like, Bill Ward, absolutely killing it, man. Mm. <laughs> oh, they all are. They're, they're all exceptionally talented musicians. Yeah. It's amazing, yeah. And we have much to thank them for. One thing we don't have to thank them for is Disturbed Indestructible. <laughs> <laughs> Little hint of things to come. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Let's get onto it properly. What's our next album? Next up, we have the amazing, the unstoppable, the much-awaited. Oh boy, the indestructible uh, album, indestructible by Disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> Disturbed, an American heavy metal band, Heli from Chicago, formed in 1994. Indestructible is their fourth of seven studio albums, and they've been involved in lots of side projects along the way. You know, they've been around for like a pretty long time now, and they've had a lot of time to kind of branch out various solo things. Mm. Apart from a hiatus between 2011 and 2015, they've been pretty constantly active, and they've only had two lineup changes, the first of which happened before they were even called Disturbed. Oh, we don't count that one then. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. What do they used to be called? Um, Nickelback. <laughs> I'm not going to dignify that with a response. Uh, Pretty much every teenager in the noughties had a Disturbed album, and possibly a Disturbed hoodie. And they're one of the, and they're easily one of the biggest heavy metal bands of recent years. But they're also pretty regularly shunned. Their general vibe, their image, or maybe their sound. <laughs> Nonetheless, the whole package. Yeah. It's definitely everything. <laughs> it's definitely regardless, every them, But I don't know which one specifically. Regardless. <laughs> regardless. I love these guys. I think they're great. I and ironically. Love Disturbed, if they played tomorrow, I'd go see them. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. they were the first heavy metal band I ever saw live when I was 15. Really? Back oh. in 2010, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the opening band, I suppose, I saw first, but still. Um, <laughs> Due to enough, the eh? linear flow of time. <laughs> Due to that, the unfortunate reality of time passing in a single direction, I saw Papa Roach before Disturbed. Despite the fact I love this album, and I love this band. I know not everyone thinks that way. And I'm really interested to hear what you guys think. Are you into as I am? Or are you less into the amazing, the beautiful, the indestructible, disturbed? Tom, you look like you're about to explode. <laughs> I was just taking a deep breath. Well, this is another one of those bands where like, I go to a metal night and I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to fucking sing along to like Rain and Blood and like Dio and, I don't know, Gojira, whatever, Behemoth, that sort of thing. And then the whole night is sort of like a Linkin Park disturbed fest with maybe a bit of system of a down if you're lucky so i sort of have i've in, the, in that sense like not being a big fan just because it's like I, I won't necessarily listen to them but like when i've heard them it's been in a context where i didn't want to listen to them mm. that said like when i was younger i had quite a few disturbed songs on my on my uh ipod touch or what, no, what was it ipod nano on my ipod nano <laughs> and um yeah. Nice. <laughs> and I gotta say, like, Inside the Fire is is a great song and I do actually really like it. Oh. And I've listened to it quite a few times. It's still a song that I will put on occasionally. So when you were like, Let's do this album, I was like, Okay, brilliant. If it's like a whole album of stuff that's as well composed as uh Inside the Fire, Ooh, then I was like, Devin. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta have a heaven. One of eleven last soul. About to be mine again. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay, well, this could this could be pretty good. This could be pretty good. Um, 
mean, I'd, I, I think uh, let's let's see what Ben let's see what Ben's history is on <laughs> Disturbed before we really so, get into it. You know, like Josh said, I loved Disturbed in the two thousands. Mm. I was a huge fan. Listened to them hundreds of times easily, and particularly this album, wow. Ten Thousand Fists, uh, Evo and Asylum. Uh, I remember when that came oh, out. Oh yeah. But then these days. I've never, I haven't listened to them in years. <laughs> and yeah. coming into this this week, I really wanted to, like, you know, just uh, remove those nostalgia goggles, just take them yeah. off, and try and take it as though I'd just come across it today, if it had, like, come up on my Discover Weekly or something. And i got to say, the sound is pleasing. The guitars, drums, vocals, they're, like, well-recorded. They sound all right. It pleases me. It pleases me. It and is pleasurable. I really like Draymond's vocals. I know that they are, like, mocked endlessly for the whole like screeches and it sounds a bit like a vacuum cleaner <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a dyson airblade i don't even understand that comparison when does he sound like a dyson airblade his voice has like a whooshing sound to it constantly like a monotone like whoosh i like it <laughs> i don't, think, I don't agree it. with that description and i like it and i i don't i don't hate it I don't hate it. So, you know, I just want to say that. I'm not going to go on some big rant about it, necessarily. No, I'm, I'm, I'm also going to qualify my opinions with that. Because I do think on coming back to this album, it feels pretty flat. And it feels a bit over-rehearsed and pretty commercial sounding. Mm-hmm. And I, coming back to Disturbed, really, really like the album The Sickness. Okay, yeah. Because I think that album yeah. was a bit weirder. And I think that it in- mm. incorporated some of their unique elements, like these weird techno-industrial sounds that they put in yeah. every now and again. And Draymond yeah. has a much stronger performance on that. Like, he fully loses his shit at times on that album. Oh, and... right, well, in a sort of Jonathan Davis from Korn kind of way. Yeah, Very like, he, he's, he's yeah. almost failing yeah, to keep nice. up with his own lyrics at times. Okay, yeah, no, that's and that's cool. I like the, that. The energy is so much higher. And I, I don't know what happened with this. I they, They've stuck to this, clearly, through the next, like, six albums. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I guess it's working for them, but... Mm. I wish they could have stuck with more of the sickness kind of quality. And, and honestly, like, that sort of it kind of expresses how I feel about the album, is it feels very safe. Yes. There's, like, the bits of, like, the opening laughter and stuff, when some of these, like, is it inside the fire? Can I just guess? Like, Did that irritate you? Because I thought that's the sort of thing that you wouldn't like, the opening laughter. I like it con- as a concept, but mm. Mm. I don't know if it is pulled off quite as well as I would have liked. So when I heard that, I was like, all right, cool, yeah, I could see... Where you might be going with this kind of thing. I imagined you rolling your eyes when that happened. <laughs> no, honestly, like, I, I tell you, there's a point, there was a point in the album where I just suddenly was like, all right, just give me a, give me a fucking break. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and it was some perfect insanity, which opens with this really sort of dad metal riff. You know, it, it doesn't sound like the uh, a, a riff created by a sort of alternative 2000s like new metal band like pushing the limits and like you know being a really unique sound it sounds like nickelback you know and then it by the end of the song where he's like lost my mind i lost my mind i lost my mind <laughs> like oh you you've lost your mind but somehow you still managed to record a really sort of safe normal commercially viable album that like it doesn't really yeah. it's part of the genre right. that you want to be a part of but also right. like only just you know what I mean like All right. on, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna step and defend Disturbed right now okay someone should their riffs you know I mean they're not the most exciting things in the world sometimes they're not like pushing boundaries they're not like some Gajira weird shit they're all in like a normal time signature but they're fun yeah. they're good they're hooky you can listen to them they're heavy you can dance to them you can headbang to them you can sing along to them and it kind of it does it well, and it, it it's not it's not generic sing along stuff like Nickelback. There is cool stuff going on. I know you I, don't like the I lost my mind stuff, and that's you know I, I guess it's a bit like, uh, but it is. It's because I've different. heard it done better elsewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sure, sure, sure. I, I I totally agree. I would just say I think it was done better in the sickness because they they have very similar lyrical themes in the sickness. Well, so. maybe I should listen to that. But honestly, like I am kind of a bit of a corn fan to be honest. Like I didn't like them that much at the time, a few songs, but. I sort of went back and checked them out again, and there is some cringe stuff in there, but it feels a bit more genuine. You kind of get the impression that Jonathan Davis does actually have a serious mental illness. Whereas, like, this album, when he's like, um, what does he say? What's the lyric? He's like, 
I just want to be free to be as twisty as I want to be. That's <laughs> like, I uh, literally, it was like, if there was like a cringe dial in my brain, it like exploded, like all the glass shattered. Yeah. It was just like... But then like, and, and the thing is, <laughs> yeah, no. I, it, the execution is really important. I'm pretty sure there's a lyric in Voices from the album The Sickness when he's like, I'm going to show you some freaky shit now. And it actually comes <laughs> off, but it actually comes off much better. <laughs> It comes up much better because it's a lot more like unhinged, like the whole song. So, on it, I think we're uh, honestly. This is I feel like disturbed, right? If you drill down, you you take just the riffs or just the vocals or just the lyrics themselves. No one part is like super like amazing and mind blowing, but together they're a really strong combo. They're much yeah. more than some of their parts, and that's why I like. Oh, I agree. I I do agree. It is a unique sound, but it's I don't think it's as unique as people give them credit for i feel yeah, like fair. i've heard a lot of these elements in other things and I, I i think it's the quality of david draymond's vocals that have set them apart because they do sound very different and i think if you like those vocals you're probably gonna love it i personally find that they they sound a bit flat to me yeah no i i know what you mean in the sense of like it's, it's david draymond who, who really i think is the star of the show i think less so on the sickness again i know i keep saying it but i do think yeah. that they they found their usp and they really like tripled down on draymond's vocals for this album well i mean interestingly like i was listening i I read an interview with david draymond about their latest album i think it's still their latest album it's called evolutions or evolution yeah yeah um and he said that basically he writes every song to be a hit and i don't know i feel like that is i'm still kind of of the opinion that i think sometimes if you're writing every song to be a hit i think you could somehow miss out on an opportunity to do something that's a little bit more exciting and take some chances you know yeah and i think the songs that end up being hits are the ones that take a risk and it pays off because if you just write safe hits things you know are popular it's just the same and 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 it's like something like down with the sickness was like quite stripped back in the intro absolutely yeah and that was a real risk i mean no i i hadn't heard anything like it when i heard down with the sickness and the outro of down with the sickness when he like is doing that whole no mummy don't hit me again that whole mm. part of yeah. it that's a risk and I, yeah, absolutely. they never returned yeah. to that sort of thing which I think is a shame I think it shows where they sort of ended up that he said that about their latest album is that like are they aiming to like just get a good fucking retirement fund going or are they trying to make art with like credibility these are deep cuts these are deep cuts I'm not saying that's what this album is because honestly I can see why people like it but for me I was like this just feels really far too safe and like when it's not being safe I find it a little bit cringe that's probably just because I'm 26 and it's 2021 rather than mm. I'm uh, 12 and it's um... <laughs> quick maths <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, whenever this album came out, the early 2000s kind of thing. I, I, I suppose what I'm saying is I don't think it's aged that well. That's fair. Aren't it? I feel like it's it's always difficult when it comes to taking risks, though, isn't it, musically? Because I think one thing we are, people often kind of, you know, don't necessarily talk about is that if you're a band and you put out a shit album, like, that could be the end of your career. So, like, I tell you don't blame yeah. a band for playing it yeah. safe. Like, No, you're right. Especially if you're a big band, the pressure is even greater. Yeah. And Disturbed were huge straight from the beginning. I'm sure there's pressure from the studio, the fans, every yeah. every side of it. You well, know, we and... talked about this a bit with Florence and Machine, where it's like they're just operating under different set of pressures because they're just one of the biggest bands in the world when they made that. Oh yeah. No, and also like I do want to. I feel like I've been overly negative for my my overall opinion. Yeah. Of the album is largely positive. I I've actually probably listened to this album the most this week out of the three. I've had quite a busy week at work, and it's really easy to put on, and it pumps me up. Like it's got yeah. good energy and absolutely. Uh, Really? Yeah, I enjoyed it for that reason. So I liked it more the second time I listened to it, which I think is a good sign. But the thing that was most noteworthy to me about it was how unnoteworthy a lot of it felt. <laughs> and I don't say that to be like I'm not trying to be mean. Exceptionally mediocre. I just like <laughs> yeah, I was just like this is just like a metal version of Nickelback for me. This just feels really like middle of the road safe stuff. I feel like we're roughly on the same page then, because um it was sort of seeing the sickness, which I also listened to a lot this week, in case you couldn't tell, yeah. and like imagining where it could have gone. It kind yeah. of, I was like, this is good, <clears throat> but I could have had something a bit freakier and legitimately yeah. a bit more mad. Well, maybe this isn't the best place to start. I definitely wouldn't go forward. I did actually. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I gotta say, probably my favorite song by Disturbed is a cover of "A Sound of Silence." That is a very good. Cover, <laughs> yeah, it's a very good cover. Very yeah. good cover. Yeah. But it is very safe. It is one of the biggest songs, you know, in the world. Before. Oh, God damn it, Drake, you got us. 
Yeah, no, you got me there, man. That's true. Got <laughs> you. Very true. No, I, I was take the fists. Um, I very nearly, I very nearly picked ten thousand fists instead of indestructible. Actually, mm. for this. that's also a good album, I think... and I actually think that I may prefer that album to indestructible. It yeah. probably has more songs that I don't like, but more songs that I love. So Sometimes I, it's good to be a bit yeah. divisive, though, and I yeah. don't think they they did that enough on here. You know, no. I think I, like. I, one of the things that's always kept me coming back to metal is the willingness to like write a lot of shit songs. <laughs> it's the willingness <laughs> to like, you know, put, take some real risks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I yeah. think this was a really interesting choice. I, I, yeah, for sure. I enjoyed it. It was, it was a good listen, but I was pretty lukewarm on it overall. Fair enough. Sorry, Josh. I'm not going to hold a grudge for more than like three years about this. Don't worry. Um, all right. So, lukewarm or hot or cold? I mean, <laughs> I definitely was quite hot on this. But what were your favourite tracks? Tom? Yeah, I mean, um, Inside the Fire, I definitely would just say, that's a great song, and I, I think it, it just flows really well. Like, it just keeps... It flows and it keeps flowing, and it it's it's the second song on the album, so it's in a good place on the album, because honestly, I think by the time you get through to a song like Perfect Insanity or um, Torn, like, even though there's some interesting elements on those songs, by that point, I was like, I feel like I've heard it all before. But Inside the Fire... Genuinely, I really rate it. That's a really good song. And there was some really interesting drumming at, po- at points in this album. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing, actually, you mentioned it, because I, I, I should have brought it up, but the drumming in this album and in Disturb as a whole, I think, is excellent. Mike Wengren is, I think, he's a really unique style, and I think he, he adds yeah. to it a lot. It's mm. not completely mad, but it's, like, it's pretty tight. Yeah, I think the production yeah. on it is pretty fucking good as well. Like, his drums Absolutely. are yeah. well played and well recorded. Yeah. <laughs> it's a difficult thing to do. Mm. Um, how about you Ben what was your favourite what was your highlight yeah coming back to it I was expecting to like Inside the Fire and Perfect Sanity a lot because they were the two that I remembered but to be honest on re-listening they they fell a little bit flatter than I expected I think maybe I had too high expectations and I actually ended up liking The Curse more than any which yeah I think it's a bit of a weird choice but it felt like a bit more stripped back in the intro and felt a bit bouncier whereas I felt a lot of it was kind of chuggy and it kind of had a more like, groove sort of vibe to it. Yeah, The Curse. That's my choice, and I'm sticking with it. Nice, fair enough. You know, now mm. I'm thinking about it, Inside the Fire does have a lot of bits in it that I don't actually like that much. We better do your favourite tracks before he retracts his only positive comments. Alright, alright, very quickly. It's just Tom. the bridge into the chorus. No, stop it. Josh, kills it. <laughs> cut, his mic. Go. cut his mic. Cut his mic. No, yeah, my favourite tracks, very quickly, were um, Haunted and Inside the Fire. Both great. Both yeah, very single yeah. with, groove with, rock out to. It's funny how when we do one of these albums where it's like all of a similar quality throughout that we do end up picking different tracks. And maybe that's a good thing because then it just shows that there's little yeah. little differences, but they strike a chord yeah. with each of us. Hmm. Yeah, A sure. positive message to take away Ooh. from this nice. moan fest of the last 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well... I like Disturbed, and none of you can stop me. Well, anyway, you lad lovers, we got Sunset on the Golden Age by Ailstorm. Ahoy! <laughs> yeah, hi! <laughs> Ailstorm are a pirate metal band formed in 2004. I say pirate metal, basically, what it is is folk metal, but including all the sort of elements you might expect from pirate music. Think sea shanties, trumpets, <laughs> accordions, synths, obviously. Tin whistles, violins, all that sort of thing, you know. Their lyrics focus Mm. on all sorts of themes. They have some overarching stories about Captain Morgan, named after the rum, or the Huntmaster, who's a sort of... Wasn't the rum named after Captain Morgan? Sorry, just feel like I should ask that. No, I mean, the song Captain Morgan is named after the rum Captain Morgan, which is named after the man Captain Morgan. Is is Huntmaster named after Jägermeister? It certainly is, yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) one thing that they've they've done quite a lot throughout their career is... So, we'll get onto this in a second, but... Basically, they started as a power metal band called Battleheart, and their first nice. album had a song on it called Heavy Metal Pirates. And it was it kind of ended up being their most popular song because it was the first time anyone to sort of fuse this idea of like sea shanty pirate sort of sound with like sort of power metal essentially. And then they sort of they ended up dropping the rest of their image and just going all out re- rebranding <laughs> as Ailstorm, which is sort of a play of the words Maelstrom. 
hailstorm, you know? Like, mm, okay. I, that's what I understand it to be anyway. Is that official? Since then, they've got... That's not official. That's <laughs> this, is uh, this is me as a scholar of hailstorm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your bullshit theories. Give me the facts. <laughs> Since then, they've gone from strength to strength with six full-length albums. And over that time, they've sort of... They've gone from being a very kind of bona fide, serious, almost battle metal pirate sound with some elements of humour all the way up to what they are now, which is essentially a party band that somehow still has something related to pirates in it. And this album, <laughs> Sunset on the Golden Age, is their fourth album, sits perfectly at this point between their earlier, more serious stuff, if I can even say that, it's not that serious, <laughs> and their later, very out-there sort of party stuff, which even involves elements of, like, R&B and hip-hop and, and rap and just general sort of party good time music. Yeah. They're a really unusual band. They're, I mean, there's really no one else that sounds like them. I've been a fan of them basically since their inception. I can mm. say it with genuine legitimacy. I liked them before they were cool, and they were never even that cool. But what I don't know is, <laughs> how do you guys feel about Aelstorm? Ben, have we been to see them together? I think we might have. Oh, sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. seen them... Oh, my God. I think maybe three times. I've seen um, them eight times. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw them at Bloodstock with you, and I saw them mm. in the O2. Was it the O2? It was somewhere in Bristol with you. We, um, we saw them. They've played at the O2. They've played at... Fuck, what's that venue called? The Marble Factory. Do you know where they'd also played? Well, we all saw them together. The Exeter Union. Lemon Grove. Exeter Student Union. Really? And the day before, I went to their show in Bristol. So I did two days in a row. That's how interesting. Oh my god, yeah, was. I remember that. That, oh that was part of Pirate Fest, wasn't it? That was a whole pirate oh day. Oh my god, yeah. Oh my god, I'm having like a flashback right now. My brain is overloading and I'm getting a nosebleed. So for, for, <laughs> our, for our dear listeners who aren't aware of Devon and Exeter's kind of traditions, there, there is a pirate day. Mm, Devon! Every year. <laughs> Why Devon? Just another last <laughs> He's losing his goddamn marbles. <laughs> yes, there is there is a pirate fest in Devon. Yes, a heavily pirate, historical pirate area, right? And actually, yeah. when I started at university, I was so into Ailstorm, I put them on every sort of shitty student party I went to and got known <laughs> as Pirate Tom for quite some time by quite a pirate few people. Tom. That's good stuff. Yeah. To the I point where I remember my, my girlfriend in first year, I remember very distinctly her saying, can we please listen to something other than Ailstorm? <laughs> and I was like... Why? No. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> what a ridiculous no. question. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Yeah, Aelstorm are undeniably incredibly entertaining, very musically interesting, obviously, as well. They're absolutely amazing to see live. I think they're one of those bands that's definitely appealing to true metalheads. That's the air quotes. And also the, uh, what I'll call the Normallows. The yeah, normal they're they're a, a band that can be like a gateway band for people oh, because yeah. they've got sort of fun, dancey, shouty, sing-along songs. Mm. But they also can appeal to metalheads because they, they really do go in on metal history and actually oh, use yeah. elements of like black metal, elements of death metal and stuff. They really, they throw kind of everything into the mix. Mm. It's amazing that they can be a pirate folk metal band a sort of party kind of dancey yeah. and have all this traditional metal influence and be like a power metal band with really epic songs why do they not collapse under the weight of themselves and have chiptune intros like they do on 1741 yeah for sure like Carthay. a sort of nintendo sound effects yeah. stuff yeah. on a song which, which otherwise is a very epic and could quite legitimately be a really good battle metal song i genuinely think and this is one of those things right where i feel like how much analysis can you do on like Aelstorm because they are very silly but yeah. they have such like such a huge range and mm. the fact that they, they can really go do, from yeah. having a folk metal pirate cosplay band but then also include these like chiptune intros it's I think it shows yeah. like an incredible level of bravery and creativity to not limit themselves to those things and yeah. pull so, up those things off successfully absolutely and I think I think one of the really interesting things that I really like about Aelstorm in particular is that they're one of the few bands who are folk metal who do the folk bit really well yeah I think yeah. like it, yeah. it, it, they, they really capture the folky kind of atmosphere but I, I don't think like if you listen to a folk metal band like Aluvati like I love Aluvati but they don't they don't sound like how I think of like a folk concert Whereas these guys sound like both a metal concert and a folk concert at the same oh, time. Oh man, really the cool. sea shanty element is executed perfectly. 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you go to a folk gig, you want to be like dancing a jig. Yeah. You know, like an, Eng- an yeah, English yeah. folk band in a, in a like a pub in fucking Devon. Like you want to be like dancing a Ooh, dancing Devon. a proper jig and like throwing <laughs> your arms back and forth. You know, <laughs> like yeah. But like a lot of folk metal bands, you don't quite get that. No, clarity, absolutely. Sure, but like um, Aelstorm, you really want to be just like jigging around and like yeah. linking arms with people. And this happens like in the pits, people will mm. like link arms and just like spin around and around in circles and stuff. And as much it as has that quality, as much as they have songs like Wooden Leg, which are like ridiculous and silly, there is a lot of like, musical talent here where it's not just like a comedy band. I think so many yeah. bands yeah, sacrifice yeah, yeah. well yeah. I think some bands who fall into that comedy genre are very good at the comedy but they aren't necessarily like hugely talented musicians you know they're good don't get me wrong mm. but mm. the way that Aelstorm like blend in those folk elements the, the violins the trumpets all these different instruments they bring in alongside the heavy metal elements you know they have some like really harsh yeah. vocals on some of their music they have like yeah. awesome guitar solos great drums brilliant all round yeah it's very impressive it's a fine line they walk it really well yeah they they really do they kind of and you know I mean Chris Bose is sort of the like the creative vision behind the whole project pretty much and he's been there basically since the start Mm. he actually used to drink in the same metal pub that I used to go to in Bristol so I've met him quite a few times I remember when he poured a um, pint down Mike's back well, that's what I was going to get at. Is that you know you you might imagine that somebody who is is so musically adept might be you know a sort of straight living teetotal sort of guy, and he was just he's just writing songs about partying. No, 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 that guy's a nutter. <laughs> I feel like his imbibement of the culture really comes through. You can tell these songs are from experience. Is imbibement a word? Yeah, probably. Yeah. It means drinking. Drinking. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Brilliant. Yeah, from the Latin. Um, I gotta say, like listening to this, coming into it, I'm I'm not like a huge Aerostorm fan. Uh, Obviously, I've seen them live a couple, well, quite a few times, and knew what I was getting myself in for. But um, I was expecting it to like lean more on the Mm. comedy side of things, and I was actually pleasantly surprised that the album was like equal parts really fucking hilarious songs and then really really interesting and amazing songs yeah. like Magnetic yeah. North and 1741 yeah. those were great songs and like Walk the Plank as well is like you could take that as like a serious pirate like you know like Battle Metal oh yeah you know we know what that is it's been yes. well established we're gonna do battle a special metal. on it at some point mm. this it's, might be our favourite genre it might be yeah it, it's, it's certainly really one we agree on the so. most <laughs> <laughs> but like it's it's taking that and making it pirate if you know what I mean with all mm. the kind of the like the wit and the adventure the expect of piracy in general yeah it doesn't yeah and really i love well. the um the history in like some of the songs yeah uh, 1741 being the prime example i ended up on like a wikipedia pirate quest <laughs> just reading all about <laughs> the battle of cartagena yeah. and all these things and you know absolutely it's, yeah. yeah fee fucking nominal it's yeah, it's got some really good stuff in it and i mean personally I, I like every song on the album if i had to be critical of the album and to be fair sort of the genre in general the battle metal if we're gonna class it as that I do find it isn't something that really sticks with myself in my like day to day listening. Mm. It's great for parties, it's great for nights out, fantastic live, but it's not something I find myself coming back to. It's interesting. I think as I've gotten older I've listened to this band less and I don't think it's because mm. I'm like growing out of it or anything like that. I still think it's great. I think it's just that like when you're younger going out to have a drink is like you can you can phrase it in your mind as like a bit of a quest. It's a bit exciting. Feels like a bit of a Yeah, it's not an adventure. I think like, once you've yeah. got like a stable job under you and like you're sort of, you know, <laughs> It's <laughs> you've got a stable job, haven't you? <laughs> that's why I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. It does change, you know what I mean? And like, um, yeah, there is something about this where, like, uh, this is almost. I don't know. This music is, in a sense, adolescent, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in the sense of like keep that like youthful spirit in your mind and you'll enjoy it but maybe when you're a little bit longer younger when i was like between the ages of like 18 and 22 this was like perfect music for me and like i don't listen to it so much anymore but when i do listen to it i love it you're probably right i should stop listening to so much prog and just try and have some fun <laughs> once in a while stuff just and such a yeah. absolutely time there's, i'm there's not saying there's like off. a right or a wrong time or a right or a wrong age to be into this sort of music yeah. at all like, oh no 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 because like i say it's still like some of the best stuff to see live like i love oh, seeing yeah. you know mm. some unusual doom act and just getting into that zone yeah. but then everyone's got time to go and sit on the floor and pretend to row a boat at blood <laughs> oh yeah for sure <laughs> yeah and i mean like, like you know i've been diehard ailstorm fan Right from the beginning, and I probably it will continue. But like their latest stuff, like 
Their latest album is called The Curse of the Crystal Coconut. And, like, they're definitely leaning into, like... The comedy bit more The now. comedy, yeah. And uh, I like so I like to have a bit of the epicness still, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, and to the, the lyrical gymnastics to go from a song like Drink straight into Magnetic North. Yeah. And then, you know, Wooden Leg being in there. And well, then, so, like, like I just want to go through, like, the... the the, the the tracks on this album basically yeah okay so, I think yeah that's it walk the plank it's a great fucking opener it gets you into the mood of the album it's it's, it's oozing the theme as well it is it? It absolutely uh, oh and it has yeah. a it has a guitar solo yeah pretty cool that song also I I think really walks the plank yay <laughs> it really walks the line between like plank it really walks the plank between <laughs> the comedy and also the epicness this song I think really sums it up like yeah. it, it's a really strong yeah. past you know, powerful opener, but it's still like quite funny. You can sit there and imagine like a cool pirate scene in your head, and it's really fun yeah. to imagine like the gunpowder, the splinters of wood, like blowing across the ship, and all that kind of thing. Like all that, I love that shit, man. And then it goes into drink, which is just like, I mean, it's, oh yeah, Classic. this is drinking music. The clues in the name, and then it goes into magnetic north. Oh. That, so Magnetic North, I think, is, is really the high point of the album for me. Yeah. Like, it really, it, oh, it's just, everything about it is great. It fully yeah, gets me into the mindset of, like, a pirate adventure in a fantasy world. And I fucking yeah. love that. <laughs> you know, like, it could... Yeah, and, and those those extra instrumental inclusions, like the violin and the trumpet and stuff, blend into the fabric of this like, yeah, perfectly. Absolutely. It's not like, oh, it's on an intro or an outro or just like segregated to a solo. It's like, it's part of the music. And in my mind, what they do really amazing, what they do really well in this is they step it up after that, I think, to 1741, the Battle of Cartagena. Uh, like, that is probably one of my favorite songs on the album. It's such a epic kind of example of like storytelling and it sits so firmly in the like pirate metal genre this is my favorite song from the album and from start to finish the chiptune intro unexpected pulls they put off perfectly the like yeah the perfect blend of the sea shanty elements with like the super heavy vocals it's catchy it's emotional it tells an amazing story the lyrics seem well researched and interesting it's overall 10 out of 10 song i absolutely love it it's fucking, fucking song. brilliant and it's nearly eight minutes long yeah <laughs> And you don't get bored, like, you know. Not at all. How is that? So, I'm going to be really controversial right now. Uh, honestly, I didn't really like this song that much. Really? Um, I'm going to have to sink him. Yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> you... Fire! Cut to starboard. <laughs> and the cannons. And on my, my command. command. Unleash hell! <laughs> I don't know. The first three songs are really energetic and fun and punchy and, like, short. And just, like, you got in, you rocked out, you got out. But I feel like, and I don't want to. I don't want to be like a massively negative guy. Negative Nelly. Negative Nelly. Here he goes. Honestly, like the album from here on, I like quite a lot less than the first three songs. Like oh the first God, three songs were so really well. strong for me, and then it kind of starts to like dip down a bit here. Give him a broadside, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Bring us around. Well, that's interesting because um, this next bit goes into like a triplet of three. Not like that memorable songs, but in my mind, really strong, fun songs. So you've got Mead from under Hell, which starts with, bees. yeah, Mead from Hell is like, under the sea, there's a colony of bees. <laughs> and a man called Fred who will shoot you dead. And it just like, the way it plunges into that like set sail moment, and then like it drops right out, and the guy just goes like, ah! And then it goes right <laughs> back into the chorus. Next it goes into Surf Squid Warfare, which is about like, oh, it's about undead squids from space attacking pirates mm. and that's a continuation of their storyline from a previous album right where they went back in time to fight fight exactly yeah and it kind of it drops into that like death metal moment as well and then it goes into quest for ships which i love this song like it's such a sort of such a jig you know what i mean yeah i do you know what like i've been gushing over this album and to be fair i, I kind of agree with josh and it kind of dipped in the middle where it does I, I yeah think, it's um, not like like Drink Magnetic North, 1741, and then Wooden Leg are all amazing, but I did find, like, Mead from Hell, Surf's Good Warfare, and Quest for Ships were a bit like, meh, yeah, they're okay. But it's hard to be on an album with those yeah. other songs. No, absolutely. Yeah. That's a very good point. They aren't bad. They're yeah. just, like, it's hard to be on an album with four 10 out of 10 tracks. Yeah, you know? yeah that's the challenge, yeah. isn't it? And, and, you know, I mean, moving on then to, like, Wooden Leg, which is just, like, it's a ridiculous, short, absolute banger and it's got some really inappropriate hilarious lyrics about getting your arms cut off by various people <laughs> you japanese bastard <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh no and then it goes into hangover which i think is kind of it's a bit of a stroke of genius covering that song i'm like literally does the original lyric in the tail cruise version say i'm on a roof 
but they change it too. I'm on a ship. I'm on a roll, as the lyric originally. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's what I really liked is that they kind of. I mean, it's already an appropriate song for them to cover, and then they've just changed like one or two words where you're like, "Damn, I'm on a ship." (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was because he was actually on a ship in the song, Mm. and then Sunset of the Golden Age is like. It's not the best song on the album. Weakest, I think, unfortunately. Mm. You know, you can listen to it if you want, but basically the album's over now, you know. Yeah, uh, you can go home. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, we've liked some of them. We haven't liked others. What were your favourite songs? For me, it was Walk the Plank, Magnetic North. Two just, like, absolutely flawless songs, in my opinion. Yeah. I've got to say, um, Inside the Fire was probably my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Devon, Devon. <laughs> No, my favourite was definitely 1741, The Battle of Cartagena. I think I'm saying that right. I think I've got to agree. I mean, for me, I think they don't drop a song on this album. I can listen to it all the way through and I love every song. But 1741 is is, is my favourite. Absolutely. Hard to starboard. Yar. So that was Black Sabbath with Black Sabbath. Disturbed with nice. Indestructible and okay. Ailstorm with Sunset of the Golden Age. What do you nice. think, guys? Yeah, that was a really good kickoff to what we're calling season two, right? We are calling Absolutely. it season two. I wonder how long that idea is going to stick around, but we're calling it that for now. Mm. Until the end of season two, hopefully. Yeah. At least. <laughs> yeah probably. Yeah. So they say. Yeah. Three very strong choices. I, as much as I've had criticisms, I enjoyed all three of these albums a lot. And it was Absolutely. really nice, actually, to have music that I had to listen to again this week because. We've had a couple of weeks off, and I've just been letting Spotify have its way with me in the Discover Weekly playlist, and yeah, there's some garbage in there. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like I have been slacking off since we stopped recording last season. Yeah. I genuinely have been like, what have I been listening to? Rehashes of stuff that we've already covered. <laughs> yeah. And then just I like fully... a whole bunch of just like techno, just to like change tunes for a little bit, you know. I listened to Weezer's new album today. Oh, cool. really? How was that? It's actually pretty good. I would recommend it. Wait, hang on a minute. Let me just go back at like five seconds and process that. Weezer have a new album? What the Weezer? fuck? Like, <laughs> like yeah. they're still alive. Weezer. <laughs> they're still out there. That's not Riding Weezer, the waves. Josh. That's Fountains of Wayne. No, it's not. No, Who's it's definitely Weezer. It's not what did you know, T.H. Wait, Durley is definitely say? not Weezer. No, that's Weetus. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, yeah, fair. Weezer is like Buddy Holly. Yeah, Weezer are good, man. We like honey. Me, Maggie, with the pork and beans. The first, like, mm. piece of mainstream culture to reference memes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's what I've been listening to, and I would recommend it. Yeah, it's good to have some new metal to listen to, although I'm excited for what we're going to be talking about next week. I'm so excited for what we're going to be talking about next week. What are, you, what are we talking about next week? <laughs> what are we talking about We're talking about one of my favourite albums of all time. I would say probably the album that got me into extreme metal. Ooh. It's Anal Nafrak in the constellation of the Black Widow. Oh, it is about time that we talked about Anal Nafrak. <laughs> oh, I love it so much, man. This is, oh, like, yeah. undeniably one of my favourite albums of all time. I think Anal Nafrak are a weird point in my musical taste where... They don't line up much with the other things that I like, but I love them. They are top tier. I, I cannot wait to talk about Alan Affleck. Put it this way. Even when Alan Affleck writes songs I don't like, I'm still like, they can do no wrong. Oh, yeah. Rare for us to agree so strongly <laughs> yeah. on a point. It's it's weirdly Anil Nafrak and Oingo Boingo, another band that we should one day talk about. <laughs> Pretty disparate. In a way. Yep. <laughs> but there are connections. <laughs> <laughs> that only we can see. <laughs> it seems that, it certainly seems that way. we can't see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's weird being at a party when me and Tom and we have an Oingo Boingo song followed by Anna Nafra. <laughs> sorry, everyone who's ever been a uh, night. Let's have fucking... <laughs> Nothing bad ever happens to me followed by I am the wrath of gods and desolation of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> There's a connection there. <laughs> Classic so next party week, combo, that. So next week, I am bringing an old favourite of mine, which I think Josh is going to be excited to talk about, but I feel like Tom may be mm. hesitant about. I'm talking about Protest the Hero with their album Fortress. One of the first times we met, Ben, you were possibly wearing a Protest the Hero shirt, and I, I may have fully judged you on that. Ouch. It's probably Ooh. your glasses more than anything else. Controversial. But... <laughs> when we met, I did not have glasses. I thought the world was just blurry. <laughs> Uh, I can still remember what you looked like when we met, Ben. Oh, I was yeah. like, who's this little, who's this little weedy boy? <laughs> this little emo boy? I'll never talk to him again. And <laughs> oh, here we are. How long I you was. Knew, you knew we'd be friends. 
<laughs> Josh, how do you feel about Protoss Hero? I feel like you have some experience with them. I like Protoss Hero. I'm fucking into them. I think they're great. I'm really okay. excited for this. I'm Good. interested to Good see what it is. I really don't know what it's going to be. Is this going to be some metalcore wank? Is this going to be some prog? I don't know. It's All somewhere right. in the middle. That's a good point, yeah. What about you then, Josh? What are you having? Yeah. I what are you bringing... ordering? <laughs> <laughs> what are you on? What are you on tonight, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Once by Nightwish. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Nightwish okay. are uh, one of my favourite bands. Right. Like, I don't listen to them very often. Every time I do, I'm like, oh, they're good. Guaranteed mm, that's going to be excited. How can that be a yeah. bad person? You know, yeah, I'm very interested because obviously everyone knows Nightwish, but I've never really given them a full chance. And I feel like maybe this is where, as much as I feel like me and Josh have very similar tastes, this is maybe where we diverge uh... in this high fantasy world of Nightwish. They're, I think they're battle metal enough for probably all of us, you know. And I mean, what we're talking about here is we're all massive fantasy nerds, so uh, pretty much. The, yeah. the thing is, though, they're not—they're not really battle metal. They're more like kind of fairy tale in a forest metal. Like, there's not really much battle. Yeah. No, okay. That's true. That's what I mean. That—that's where we diverge. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. Well, I am looking forward to next week, and yeah, damn, it feels too, good man. to be back. Oh, it does. It does. It feels good to record. Yeah. It feels good to regret and fear the things that I've said. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that'll ever go away. Yeah, no, not. <laughs> So, this is episode 13, and mm. we'd love to know what everyone thinks about the show, and what they'd like to see more of, maybe what they'd like to see less of. And so, mm. you know, give us a comment on Facebook. Let us know how we're doing. And uh, hey. yeah, we just want to make a show that people are going to enjoy. How would someone find us on Facebook, Tom? Well, they can go onto Facebook and type in The Metal Face Podcast. Or you can go onto... It can't be that easy. It is, man. It is. You, you'd be amazed at the systems they've got set up these days. There's this Bloody thing hell. called a... That Zuckerberg it's guy, he's going to go far. It's called a search bar. And it's not a bar where you go to drink. It's like, it looks what? like a bar of... Well, it doesn't really... You just you can type anything into it, and it will tell you anything. I mean, within reason. And it won't be able they to tell you the future. They, it's a, no, they don't sell you drinks. They might do. I don't know. There might be a system for that now. That you can do anything online these days, Ben. It's I think I've just ordered a pint. Can I just? To, to be I fair, say. actually, these days you do have to order pints on apps anyway, don't you? Yeah. Well, well, you know. <laughs> We've dated can ourselves. I, say, Tom, I can do one better than that. If the listeners go to metalface.show, oh. the website. They'll be directed to all our social media, our we Spotify, have a website. and everything else. Yes, we have a website. We've had a website since season one. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the time this episode it? comes out, it might actually be like, fully designed, right? There might be something on it, yeah. <laughs> there might be more than one well, go thing check on it. Out. <laughs> go find out, because I haven't seen it. <laughs> or you can follow us on Instagram at The Metal Face Podcast, where we will tell you... You can also find us on Twitter at... Metal Face Pod. I'm really excited to hear what people think about this stuff. I am genuinely looking forward to reading some comments on YouTube. We're also on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, go get point and Spotify and iTunes. <laughs> yeah, all those good places. Everything. Sorry, we'll, yeah, we'll finesse this outro. We'll finesse this outro. We're working We're on it. We're changing it up. <laughs> it's never been our strong suit. No. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening. All right, I'll see you later, guys. Thanks for listening. Yes. Take it easy. All right, I'll see you next Cheers week. Everyone. Bye. 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 <laughs> Good enough. I don't know if I'll be invited to another one. <laughs> Started complaining about the volume of the music, fell asleep on the sofa, had a rant at a girl, and then left. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what the fucking issue about these fishing licenses is? <laughs> Who invited their dad? <laughs> <laughs> that was Ooh, too that low blow. <laughs> <laughs> he, he walked out. <laughs> this is the end of Metal Face. I somehow knew it would be something I would say. <laughs> God, I, I remember I was on a bus once coming out from like an orienteering thing. Mm. And like, I was talking to some undergrads. I felt so old because they, they use all this like lingo and stuff they're like oh, yeah. you love to see it and I was like what this is going to be such an old man <laughs> thing for me to say but it's like the apps they're all in like different apps and I'm just like how do I download these apps no one uses oh, I've got to sign in yeah it's all like it's all like TikTok or whatever and then they're like oh just mate just drop share it to me I'm like what the fuck is that I'll bluetooth it right? <laughs> yeah it's like what <laughs>